Welcome to another episode of the Shakespeare's Hour by Julia Ward. Uh, this marks the 21st episode of the Shakespeare's Hour. Um, the main sponsor is Alvaro Bank, the best online banking service. GPay for all your international money transfers. The Zenity's app, the best meditation app to try. Try it today on Google Play and on Amazon App Stores. So we're continuing right now with the 12th night and we finished the playwright but uh, going ahead with the meanings of you know between the scenes and what exactly each sentence meant because it does give you a better understanding and you can relate a bit better to the playwright so without any further delay um continuing with that scene three both sir toby and the clown are at more pains to enjoy puzzling sir andrew at than actually to be witty themselves and are quite content on occasion to talk pure nonsense, simply for the sake of seeing its effect on the height on the night. This scene shows the provocation which Malvolio gives to the revellers, which results in the formation of the plot against him. There may be a local hit here. It is possible that Malvolio stands for Ambrose Willow Willow Bye who held an important post in the court of Queen Elizabeth. In January 1398, Willoughby, acting in his official capacity, broke up a late game of cards between Lord Walter and Raleigh and the Earl of Southampton on grounds similar to those of Malvolio namely. That his mistress had retired and the players were disturbing the house. Southampton, like Sir Toby Belch, took umbrage at Willoughby's interference and shook him well between the tennis court wall and the garden. If a hit of Willoughby is intended, this would help to date the play at later than January 1598. In line 2, bedtime, I'm sorry, the small hours of the morning are early. To be up then is to be up early and to go to bed then is to go to bed early. Therefore, he who goes to bed after midnight is up early and goes to bed early and manifestly manifestly keeps the healthful hours of the proverb. Diluculo, the full phrase of Diluculo, Sergio Solbermium, to be up early is most healthful. 
comes from Ruby's Latin grammar. Sir Toby is having a quite hit at Sir Andrew's complete ignorance. That the phrase would be quite familiar to half the audience. The four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, in line 10, to which the four humors corresponded. In Julius Caesar v. 573, as a phrase, his life was gentle and the elements, so mixed in him that nature might stand up and say to all the world, this was a man. 17. We three, picture which is some form or other, seems to have been common in country inns, to assess or fools being represented with an inscription which the spectator was supposed to read and apply to himself. We three loggerhands, B. In line 20, breast, voice, not so used elsewhere in Shakespeare. But Ben Johnson, Haywood, Fletcher, and other contemporary writers have it. In line 23, there is no particular point or allusion in these remarks of the clowns or apparently in his answers to Sir Andrew. Mr. Swinburne attributes some of the names he coins to the influence of Rebellois. His inclination to use long words with no meaning when in the night's company has already been noted. Line 36. Either the clown simply interrupts, or some words have been lost. A song of good life, a song with a moral. So at least Sir Andrew interprets it. It hardly follows, however, that this was what the clown himself meant. In line 52, sweet and 20, the ordinary interpretation is that the ladies addressed is sweet and 20. Mr. Wright, however, is sure that 20, if not sweet, applies to the kisses. A score of sweet kisses. 20 is, of course, commonly used as a round number equivalent to a great many. This tune was in print in 1599, which is probably earlier than the play. The song, therefore, may not have been Shakespeare's own. Possibly the clown's numerous songs were popular deities imported into the play for the benefit of a particular actor. There is no near a kinship in the singer of Elizabeth's day. that internal evidences would never warrant as in positivity attributing any one song to Shakespeare. In line 55, Contagious, Sir Toby merely uses the word as a trap for Sir Andrew, into which the later straightway falls. 61. Draw three souls out of one weaver. Music was credited 
with the power of drawing men's souls out of their bodies. Machado 361 was a phrase it is not strange that sheep's guts should hail souls out of men's bodies. The three souls is merely an exaggeration, though Werberton discovered in it a learned reference to the doctrine of certain philosophers that every man has three souls. As to Weaver, there is probably a double point. There were a number of refugee weavers in England, most of whom were probably poverty-stricken and certainly Puritans, therefore by no means ready to have one soul drawn out of tavern catch, not to speak of three. There may also be implied a hit at Puritan Malvolio. In line 63 to 64, dog at a catch, a slang phrase for good at a catch. 76, cater wowing, wowing that is meowing like a cat, meowing like a cat, a cat's concert is the phrase mentioned in line 63 and 76. In line 80, Sir Toby's, so Toby is hopelessly confused in his epithets, which he applies without any consideration for their appropriateness. Cajun, Cathay, habitant of Cathay, that is China, a term implying cheating and roguery, for which apparently the heathen Chinese had already acquired a reputation. Merry Vibes In line 40, 148, I will not believe such occasion, though the priest of the town commended him for a true man. Politicians, it, if Sir Toby means anything in particular, which is doubtful, it is that he and his companion are occupied with serious affairs of state. In line 81, Peg Aransi conveys nothing. There were two tunes under that name, Extent, Extant and Shakespeare's Time. But the words are lost. It is probable that if they were found, they would not make sense out of Sir Toby's remark. In line 81 and 282, three merry men. Here the night breaks into song. There are many old songs which have these words as a refrain. Perhaps at the time the song from Pele's The Old Wives' Tale in 1595 was familiar. The phrase, three merry men and three merry men. And three merry men be we, I in the wood and thou on the ground, and Jackie sleeps in the tree. In line 83, Tilly Wally. 
We worry the phrase Sir John near tongue. It is hardly necessary to find a derivation for it, though Stevens refers us to Platus and Titivilitian, and Deuce explains it as a French hunting phrase for which Tally Ho would have done equally well. Lady here suggests another song with Lady Lady as its reference. Hortense says that it's the ballet of Susanna, 1562. Several other songs have the refrain. In 94, wit, sense, honesty, propriety. So Olivia before charged the clown with growing dishonest, meaning that his conduct was irregular. In hundreds, Sir Toby particularly enjoys turning Malvolio's phrases into something they were not intended to convey. In 102, round, direct, unceremonious. The adverb is so used very commonly, but how this meaning arose is not obvious. In 122, out, o tune, sir, ye lie. This appears to be addressed to Malvolio and is huddled reminiscence of Sir Toby's idea that the steward had accused him of not keeping time. Others, however, take it as an address to Feste in answer of the last remark. In lines 123 to 124. There is a very plain allusion to Malvolio's Puritan, Puritanism and his consequent objection to the church festivals, which were the occasions of much merrymaking and the consumption of cakes and ale. On a large scale, to the Puritans the cakes and the alley were not only to be condemned in themselves as riotous excesses, but their connection with the feast days and ceremonies to the discarded religion rendered them marks also of superstition. 128 to 129. Rub your chain with crumbs. That is, polish up your badge of coffee office. Mind your own business. In line 132. Uncivil rule, unmannerly behavior. Well, in line 134, go shake your ears. That is like an ass. In 136, to challenge him the field. That is to single combat. Considering that Sir Andrew is so drunk as to talk of a hungry commentators who desire to correct his grammar and read to the field. In 145, draw, deceives, trick, make a girl of him. 149, possess us, tell us all about it. In much ado, one line to 90, possess the people in Messina, hear how innocent she died. In line 151, Puritan. The term for extreme anti-Roman section of the reformers who made a special point of austerity 
manners occur in Shakespeare only in All's Well, the Winter's Tale. It has often been said that the characters of the Malvolio is intended as a hit at the Puritans, with whom the playwrights were already waging war. The firm 1168 it may reasonably be surmised that the steward's faults are not to be attributed to his puritanism. Maria seems to imply that her hatred to him is due to the pretense of puritanism. She could have forgiven him if it was genuine. On the other hand, to the drunken knight, it is genuine Puritan who is to be beaten like a dog. The conclusion, if any conclusion can be based on such slight data, is that Shakespeare could respect a genuine Puritan while considering the sham article a legitimate subject for a mockery. In 155, the word exquisite means subtle. In 160, time pleaser means time server, affectionated, affected. In 161, cons, learns by heart. The whole phrase means he has learned state as an actor learns his part until he can perform it without book and deliver it in bundles. 162, best persuaded and the best opinion of himself. In 170, expression. Expression. In pressure for impression. In 181 to 182 of that color, of that kind, as you like it. Is a phrase sport of what color? In 183, here's and your horse. The phrase turbot considered that too apt a jest for Sir Andrew and assigns it to Sir Toby. The error, if there is one, might be explained by and in the masters being taken for and standing for Sir Andrew. In 192, Penthesilia, Queen of Amazons, and presumably of heroic mold, jibe at Maria's, who is a little woman, where Viola says, some mollification for your giants. In line 193, before me, a harmless alteration of the oath before does. 194. One that adores me. Sir Toby is now in the glorious stage while Sir Andrew follows unit. Sweet. 200. Recover. Obtain. Not necessarily get back. Two gentlemen of Verona. We won line 12. The forest is not three leagues off. If we recover that, we, sir, 
we are sure enough. Line 201, a foul way out, very much mistaken. And line 202, send for money. So Toby's object is making Sir Andrew woo Olivia is quite obviously that he may have the knight's purse at his disposal. He would be at last person to expect the suite to succeed. 203. Call me cut. The word curdle is applied to a horse or a dog whose tail has been docked. In the case of the horse, this was abbreviated into cut. As in the case of the dog, it was abbreviated into cur. So a cut is to a good horse. What a cur is to a good dog. The word is not so used elsewhere in Shakespeare, but its origin was maybe illustrated by cut and long tail of all sorts in Merry Vibes. In line 206, burn means mar. Next is scene four, and I will continue that in the next episode. The meanings definitely gives you a better insight of what we are speaking and it makes sense, it gives meaning to the phrases of the playwright of William, Sir William Shakespeare. So it's definitely interesting. Um, appreciate the lessons and we do appreciate all the sponsors who support the program. Please continue to support the program via Anchor. You can go and actually um, sponsor the program by supporting the program. There's a link if you need to, or you can access supporters via GPay. Um, so that was it. Appreciate the lessons. Um, mm. That's it for now.